0: Hey y'all, welcome to Life Coach BFF Show. Do you want to confidently parent your teen while remaining sane and still finding joy in your everyday? Do concerns of their safety, mental health, influences of social media, and the ACT, as well as the ACT, frighten and keep you awake at night? Following a move, finding myself lonely, isolated, and drowning in the realities of parenting teenagers, I felt completely lost and depleted. After a year of sitting in loneliness, I knew it had to stop. I transformed my mindset to something I call living on green, and I'm going to teach it to you. In this podcast, we're giving all things to God, find beauty in the brokenness, triumphs through the trials of parenting teens, all the while finding joy in establishing balance. I'm your new BFF, Heather, and you're not lonely anymore. We're in this together. Get your Axe Spray out, pick up those dirty gym socks, put your lip gloss on, and let's do this. Hi, friend. Welcome back. And I am so happy that you're here because you are just in time to join my conversation with Susan Miller. If you're considering a move, have just moved, have a job interacting with those who are transitioning or want to learn how to help friends with big life changes, then your ears should be perking up right about now. Susan speaks throughout the U.S. and internationally at church conferences, women's events, corporate venues, and at military installations. Those whose lives have been uprooted by a move resonate with her unique and hope-filled message to look God in the midst of change and uncertainty. She is a speaker, author teacher and founder and executive director of just moved ministry she is best known for her book after the boxes are unpacked which has sold over 100,000 copies all right let's go do this y'all hi susan i'm so happy that you're here welcome to the show oh thanks heather it's all my pleasure Today, we are going to talk about what seems to be one of my favorite topics now, and I know that it is yours, moving. And why do you think moving is so difficult for women? Well, I'm so glad you asked, (laughs) because I know exactly
1: why. After um, moving 14 times, corporate and military moves, uh, I began to understand that A move is something a woman feels and a man does. And because a woman loses a sense of community, a sense of self, uh, that identity, she is a relational being, whether she's a career woman, works inside or outside the home, she is still the catalyst of a home. And it's something she feels emotionally.
0: Yes, I agree, because I have been through a move, as we've discussed before, and I just had no idea what a change like that can do to you, even spiritually.
1: Absolutely. You are uprooted, literally uprooted, um, because everything familiar is taken uh, away by a move, and then you're moving into everything unfamiliar. And so it's a difficult transition for a lot of women. It really is because the who that they are is nestled in the comfort of their uh, routine and their schedule and surrounding of knowing uh, people and things and, you know, that's their life. You take them out of that and it's like, hey, they've got to start all over. And build relationships and you know furnish a house or move furniture around or whatever it just it's something a woman feels
0: yes and find a grocery store I mean it's the little things. things
1: absolutely do you know the number one thing that I have women tell me that is so hard when they move is finding a new hairdresser
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: And, you know, that's so true because a woman feels like, hey, if my hair looks good, I'm okay. And so they always laugh and say, well, you know what I had an issue with is the first thing I needed to do was find a new hairdresser. But in all seriousness, you know, our ministry certainly helps a woman navigate life after a move. And that's, you know, I always say to someone moving, hey, we are your people. We know we've been there, done that, and uh, a man moves, let's say, with a company or a corporation, they're expecting him that, you know, he's got instant friends, so to speak. But a woman is faced with unpacking the boxes and getting settled in. And so, and then, of course, if there is no job to go to, that is another level of emotional. Uh, Need
0: yes, absolutely. So you just mentioned your ministry, and I want to hear all about how you got started with this ministry, Susan. Well,
1: twenty-seven years ago, when we moved to Phoenix, Arizona, from Atlanta, Georgia, I went from grits to guacamole and from oak trees to saguaro cactus. Now you tell me that was not a huge adjustment. (laughs) (laughs) And I just hated it. I just, I mean, the South is just ingrained in me. And we had moved and moved and moved 14 times. This was our 14th move because Bill was in the hospitality industry. And in the uh, hotel restaurant industry, you move every two to three years and uh, climbing the corporate ladder. And so between that and military moves. Um, my goodness, I thought, Lord, there's got to be other women going through what I'm going through. And so I just sat down and started sketching out an outline and hanging some meat on each part of the chapters and submitted my book, which is the catalyst for our ministry. It started with our book, after the boxes are unpacked, which is sold over a hundred thousand copies. But, wow. um, and I say that not pridefully, but in great gratitude to the Lord. But, um, and I always said I'm not a writer because I talk with my hands. But um, in any case, the book, uh, Focus on the Family, published the book, and it became so instrumental in helping women after they move to let go, start over and move forward. So I would say that, and from the book then came our ministry, came videos, workbooks, guides, you name it. And that um, is how it started. It started because I
0: live the life a
1: woman lives after a move.
0: Right. And you can definitely tell that it's so evident throughout your book. I wish that I had found your book before I moved, (laughs) Susan. Well, gosh, I would love to have met you before you moved. Oh, me too. Me too. So you, your ministry is in churches. Yes. You you also speak.
1: I speak, I teach, I teach my study in my own home church, which is great because it helps me keep a a hand, a pulse on the moving woman. But this, the same study that I teach is taught all over the world in, we're non denominational, in churches, um, in military uh, chapels, because military means move, in corporate settings, and with missions, missionaries, seminaries. When you think about all the people that move, uh, there are over 40 million people that move every year. And of course, we are gearing our ministry to women to help them through that spiritually and emotionally.
0: <clears throat> and what did they say? If mama's not happy, nobody's happy. So ain't Nobody happy if
1: mama ain't happy. But our studies are all over the world and even in neighborhoods, like a brand new housing area. We've had women write us and say, send us your material. We're starting your study in our home. And the kids are in the basement playing, you know, that kind of thing. But then I also speak um, uh, regarding moving in other topics that are Christ-centered Uh, that uh, affect women as they go through seasons of life and are being uprooted. So I love what I do. I love being in the office with my team here in Phoenix, and I love being out there one-on-one with the women.
0: Well, you are a blessing to so many, and I have heard that firsthand from women who have benefited from your program. Now, in your book, After the Boxes Are Unpacked, you discuss your three steps to starting over. Yes. Would you mind elaborating a little bit on these? Yes.
1: Absolutely. It's after you move, I call it a journey that you're on. First thing you have to do is, is to let go and trust God you've got to understand what that looks like and what it means to cherish what you've left behind or to cling to it. If you cling to what you've left behind, then that might become an encumbrance from you starting over. So we talk about in that first leg of a journey, how to let go and how to release that and trust God because God is with you through it and he's drawing you closer to him. Then the next leg is to start over with hope because you want to start over. You want to put down roots. However, you have to deal with how moving has affected your marriage, your parenting, your friendships, your self-identity, your lonely. All those things are a part of starting over with hope. And then, so I go through that in my book as well as in my study. And then the next leg is you've got to move forward. You can't stay stuck. You've got to keep moving. So you move forward with faith. And that's when you begin to refocus your life and live above your circumstances, not below them and understand what it looks like to be content in all circumstances. So and hey, m- with my videos, I teach. So you get my southern drawl and everything. <laughs> you get all my crazy stories and all that. So that's um you know I keep saying, oh my gosh, my hair looked different on the video than it does now. But
0: I I so enjoy teaching in person.
1: Uh, And then through my studies on the video.
0: Well, your stories are so relatable, Susan. And so many of them resonated with me. But I especially love your survival box.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. After each chapter, I try to give in the book and in my study, and in fact, in our whole ministry outreach we want to give a woman a biblical foundation as well as practical tools to let go, start over, and move forward. So, I, I'm firmly believe in okay, you know, share scripture, yes, but then how do you live it out Monday through Sunday? So, at the end of each chapter, I do what I call a survive, unpack your survival box. And so, yeah, that's what that's all about. Our practical tips in um, letting go, starting over, and moving forward.
0: Can you give a couple of examples of what would be in the survival box?
1: Okay. For example, practical. When you move um, and you don't know anyone, get out and hit the garage sales. Love garage sales myself. But if you do neighborhood garage sales, that is such a way to start conversation. You know, such a good way just to kind of get familiar with the community. I mean, you can say to somebody down the street that has a garage sale, where's your favorite restaurant? You know, that kind of thing. The other thing is to to scope out the neighborhood for (coughs) children's toys, swing sets in the backyard, that kind of thing. Then you know what other families might have kids. One woman says, I don't wait to be invited. I'm new on the block. I throw my own party and put a a note on the front porch or in the mailbox or wherever you're invited to my house for donuts and coffee. Um, So there's so many practical things you can do. I always say the first thing you need to do when you move the first three things you need to do when you move is find a church, find a church, find a church. Because <laughs> yes. That's where you'll begin to make friends and build community and get connected. And then I say, join up and join in, get out there, you know, volunteer, just, you know, get out of your sweatpants, make your bed and get out there and do something. So um, those are kind of the practical things. I agree.
0: I, I agree. You have to put your lip gloss on and walk out yep. the front door, don't you? Yeah,
1: you absolutely do.
0: And what are we without our lip gloss, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, gosh. Well, Susan, I have to tell you that we will, we all know that moving is a difficult time, but Why do you think that God does not always want to make a move easy for us? You know, you think, you know, you pray, Lord, you know, help me with this move. You pray for your family. But sometimes you think, you know, Lord, you're not making this very easy for me. What's going on?
1: Well, and that is, I mean, I've thought that. Oh, I can't tell you how many times I have struggled with our moves. And I came full circle to realize that. In so many instances, a move, the being uprooted from everything I knew and loved, was the very thing that moved me closer to Christ. Because I only had him to depend on. I only had him to go to, rather than my world filled with people and friends and stuff and all of that. When you're uprooted, uh, God draws you close to him it is a choice you make you can either run towards god or run away from him you can either become bitter or you can become better but God uses our circumstances and our moves so many times to teach us about himself and that he is faithful and to build our trust so there's a deeper level to um to all of that as far as why God doesn't always make it easy.
0: I, I totally agree <laughs> and I have said too that my life was when you're in a community immersed in a community that you're familiar with and there's so much history there yeah life is noisy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't realize just how much noise I had around me until yeah. God said you know what I'm going to put you somewhere where you can get quiet mm-hmm. You are about to get very quiet so you can hear me.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And, um, you know, I use the story in the Bible about um, how God spoke in a whisper. And if Elijah had been so busy and, you know, noise of thunder and and rains and all of that in the that it was only in the silence that God, that Elijah could hear God speak. And you are so right. We are caught up in busyness and we're caught up so many times in the noise of the world.
0: And I don't think I realized just how busy I was until I moved.
1: Yeah, well, um, I always say as a challenge, Are you listening to the noise of the world or the call of Christ? You know, now is the time for you to to settle in with who God is in your life and ask yourself the hard questions. Okay, when everything's pulled out from under me, am I still gonna trust you? Am I still going to continue hope? Um, So yeah, God works on so many levels.
0: Susan, that's so good what you just said because it's so, so true. I mean, that is the time that you dig deep, I think. You dig the deepest.
1: Absolutely. You dig the deepest.
0: Okay, so not only was it a quiet time, but it was especially lonely for me, Susan. And I've talked about this on national television. I know a lot of women are uncomfortable saying those words, I am lonely or I was lonely. But when you move to a place that's unfamiliar and the people are unfamiliar, it can be a lonely time. What are some steps that we can take to help with this?
1: Well, first of all, I want to define lonely. Uh, And this is not out of Webster's. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But. We can be lonely. Absolutely. But we are never alone. And because God is always with us, he will never leave us or forsake us. And so when women say, I'm so lonely, I'm so lonely, a lot of times there is a choice in that loneliness. And it's all part of get up and get out, volunteer, join a church, walk the neighborhood, join any kind of a book club or whatever. In other words, sometimes there is a choice in loneliness, but we are never alone. Now, when we don't know anybody, we've got to make a big effort not to be lonely, but there's a difference between being alone and lonely. There's also a difference in being isolated. A lot of people, I mean, we've all been isolated during COVID, but there are times when we choose isolation, and we really don't have to isolate ourselves, but we choose to do that. So again, I I really like to remind women that there is a difference in isolating yourself and saying, "Oh, I'm." you know, I'm never gonna make a friend, so why try? I'm gonna stay in my house and stay in my sweatpants and I'm not going out. Or there's, and of course, isolation so many times is because of illness or, you know, many things that we cannot help. But when you have a choice, you can choose not to be lonely, choose not to be isolated. And always remember, even now and over the holidays, When And I've lost my husband to cancer um, about 10, uh, 12 years ago. And I can walk around my house and say, oh, I miss you so much, Bill. I feel so lonely. And immediately uh, the Lord brings me back to center. But you're never alone, Susan. You're never alone. So once we know that, then we cling to that. And I cherish the memories with Bill, but I cling to the Lord who walks with me daily. So loneliness is the probably one of the top five things that women deal with, biggest things that women say to me. Loneliness is the one thing I battle when I move. And I agree it is. I just want to lay out that framework of choices and what you can do. And of course, in, um, reaching out to others, there's always people that have things worse off than you do. Um, so I would encourage volunteering and, um, being able to help other people will help you in your loneliness.
0: Yeah. That's a simple thing. You know what I love about you, Susan? <laughs> Oh, tell me, please. I'm I'm... (laughs) going to tell you, I'm sitting here listening to you and I love that you have a little edge. There's a slight edge of tough love mom in you.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There is. When it comes to women moving, listen, so many times I will say to them, honey, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, put on those stilettos or those walking shoes and get out there. You can do it. And you're right, there is.
0: I love that about you because that's what we all need. We all need a little bit of tough love when it's time to put yourself out there, I think, don't you? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Because, and the other thing is that a lot of times we try to run ahead of God and we want the curtains hung and the yard landscaped and the flowers blooming all at once. And yet we've got to wait on God for even the simplest things to wait on him. We, we wait to fit in. We wait to make friends. We wait to feel at home and to be included and to be accepted. Those are two other things that are huge beside loneliness is to be accepted and included. And we're waiting for loneliness to go away. And so this is the time that we can draw near to God and he will draw near to us.
0: Absolutely. So what would you say to women who are already immersed in a community? Uh How can they help those who are incoming, moving into the community? What, What is the number one thing that I could do to help a woman adjust to her new that, surroundings.
1: That, reach out to her. Reach out to her. If if you're in the grocery store line, okay, and you don't know the lady ahead of you, but you overhear her say something like, I'm new here, which women will say when they're in an unfamiliar situation. Um, take a minute to say, hey, I get it, I get you, you know, um, how can I help you, what can I, what can I, what do you, and I don't mean, um, I mean, verbally, how can I help you, what can I do, how can I encourage you is probably a better way to say that. Bottom line, reach out Uh, on your street, in your neighborhood, um, make the first move. Because you've been there, done that. You know what it feels like. Um, it's okay to take a plate of cookies. That may sound old-fashioned. I did it for my neighbors across the street, and you thought that I'd given them a million dollars. They were overcome by my cotton picking little cookies <laughs> that I homemade off the stick, off the roll, you know, but just to reach out, be kind. Be thoughtful. Put yourself in their shoes. Those invite people over um, for a cup of coffee. It's called connection and community. Help build that for another woman.
0: I think the greatest gift that you can give another woman or anyone is just to include them.
1: Yes, absolutely. To include them where they do not feel invisible but where they feel accepted and welcomed and where they feel embraced. And that's so important.
0: So So important. important. It is. Well, Susan, I cannot thank you enough. How can we get in touch with you? Or if we are part of a church community that would like to have you or your program come into our church, how would we go about that?
1: you can email me at reach us r e a c h us reach us at justmove.org or you can go on our website justmove.org you know i keep it simple it's justmove.org that's the great way to go on and get in touch with us and our contact information is there um i'm always available you know if you want to email me or You know, I, I want to make personal contact with women who need that encouragement and that hope.
0: Thank you so much. Well, we will include all of your contact information in our show notes. And please tell me that you will come back again.
1: Oh, I'd love to. (laughs) I was telling you earlier, I'd love to come back and talk about teens and children moving.
0: Yes. Huge. huge. Okay. Well, we'll put it on the calendar.
1: Hey, thank you, Heather. Thank you so much. And we'll be in touch, okay? Thank you so much. Bless you all out there, you movers. You do it. (laughs) You get up and go. I'm waving my pom poms. (laughs) Bye bye, Heather.
0: Yay. Bye, Susan. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode or have benefited in any way, please go to Apple Podcasts, leave a review, it would mean the world to me. Also, take a moment and be sure and subscribe because we have a lot of exciting events coming up and you are not going to want to miss out on anything. Come say hello on social media. Stop by Instagram. It's at Life Coach BFF. Facebook at Life Coach BFF. And also, we have started a small private group Full of lovely women like you. It's called We Are Your BFFs. Come join. We'd love to have you. Can't wait to see you again next time. This is your BFF Heather from Life Coach BFF Show.